Hi, this is Pastor Ryan Spooner. I'm so glad that you're listening to our sermon podcast. I hope it's a blessing. If you live in the area, or even if you don't, we would love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10.30 a.m. at the Millworks in Willington, Connecticut, 156 River Road. Also, if you'd ever like to help support our church financially, we would be extremely grateful. You can donate through our website, stpaulschurchct.org. Thanks. All right. Well, we are between sermon series here at St. Paul's, and this morning we are blessed to have a guest speaker with us, uh, Kyler Barr. Some of you might remember that he spoke here a little over a year ago, uh, back in the summer. You you might remember because he's quite tall, so uh, that's a memorable thing about him. Um, and uh, he has been on staff with Walnut Hill in Bethel, Connecticut in the, in the past. He currently uh, works in youth ministry all over the state of Connecticut. And so uh, let's big, give him a big round of, uh, of clapping, yes. <laughs> Do you want a uh, music stand? Oh, okay, there it is. All right. I... Get video of me falling. Uh, I hope that you have recovered from me being here a little over a year ago, enough that I can come and hang out and share again. Uh, It's good to be invited. It's good to get to spend some time with you here today. Uh, Can I just open us in prayer? Uh, God, I thank you for the time here. God, I thank you for the, the chance to pause and to focus on who you are. Uh, on what you have for us this morning, on what you're doing, God. And God, would you, um, God, would you open us up, open our ears to hear you, uh, open our eyes to see what you're doing, and help us to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I want to talk today about a problem that I'm seeing across our region. See, uh, I, I get to be involved role where I work with youth and young adults really all over New England now and, and work with churches that are, are trying to, to connect well with youth and young adults. Uh, but this problem is bigger than youth and young adults. This is something that we see all over the place. You see, we, you might have heard of it. We came through this little thing called COVID a little while ago. It slowed some stuff down. Uh, there, was, there was really a lot of shift in our lives. And yet, we get to a point now where we want to say, hey, everything is, is back on pace, we're catching, ready to go. It's that simple, right? There's things that we see in our culture, in our, in our society, in our lives, in our families that have shifted a little bit. And some things are, are things that were present before, but, but they just feel like they're a little more highlighted right now. One of these things is this kind of desire to, to be involved in things, to be active, to do things, right? Uh, also feeling like we're spinning our wheels when we do. Maybe it's just me. Maybe none of you have experienced this. But have you ever gotten to a point where you're like, oh, I want to say yes to things. I want to be part of a group again. I want to connect. And you say yes to so many things in your week. But then if one of them gets canceled, you're secretly happy. <laughs> yeah. 
Or maybe if all of them get canceled, you're secretly happy. Right? Like we've got this, we know we should want to do things again. And we really kind of do, but we also kind of want to not to. And so we get to this spot where there's this relief when we don't have to do the things we've said that we'll do. I think that we see this in, in other ways too, though. We, we start toward things, maybe even good things, that we want to have be a part of our life again. And all of a sudden, as we're, as we're going about our lives and we have and this thing, and this thing, and this thing, we find ourselves with a lot of activity, but it feels like we're just spinning our wheels. Or maybe some of you are like me, and you go, and you go, and you go, and then you just have to crash. If you think of the old story of the tortoise and the hare, we're the hare. We, we get going quickly, and we can't handle it, and we pause, and the hare is not the of that race, right? It's not the sustainable pace that we need. We have this problem. Now look, in my life, this doesn't necessarily show up when there's some big thing that happens. When there's a big thing that happens, I'm usually ready to step into that moment. Because I have to. I don't have another choice. When there's a crisis, I need to respond. However, when there are lots of crises <laughs> or lots of little things, they add up, don't they? And we get in this spot where, God, I can handle any of these things, but I can't handle all of them. And all of a sudden, the overwhelm starts to show up in different areas. I, I remember a time a couple of years ago, happened. Our, Family had been going through a lot. We'd had some loss, we'd had some change, we'd had different challenges going on. Walking through those relatively well. Uh, by relatively well, I mean I wasn't on the floor crying. <laughs> okay, like I was still functioning, right? We've had, we have those moments where we're walking through things and we're still functioning. It hasn't completely impacted who we are or how we interact with the world. And yet, I remember clearly a day I was putting a window unit air conditioning in my son's uh, window in his bedroom, and it just it wouldn't quite happen. And a little thing went wrong, and I was this close to throwing that thing out the window. Anybody ever been there? I, I sometimes see it in a different way. I, I look at all the different things that I have going on in my life, and I'll, I'll be at home where I have a list that is certainly long enough, right, homeowners? And, and I've got plenty of things that need to be done. And I will want to do none of them. I can just sit here a little while longer, can't I? Now look, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have moments of rest. We should. But what I'm saying is there's a difference between avoidance and I can head toward avoidance sometimes. And so I think that this problem of being is something most of us can relate to. And even if you're saying, no, I got it. I can handle everything, Kyler. Nothing has become too much for me. Look around at your community. This is a state you will have to understand. Because we walk around in this kind of constant state of being so close to being overwhelmed. 
And so what do we do about it? We're not going to answer all of those questions today, but we're going to look at a place to start. Uh, and we're going to start by looking at a story from the Old Testament, from one of the earlier characters we run into in the Bible. We're going to look at Moses. And Moses in Exodus chapter 18 is in a spot where he gets overwhelmed. At least he's in the midst of becoming overwhelmed. And so we'll look at, at a couple things today from that story that I think are a good place for us to start when we're feeling overwhelmed. This is in the wilderness, right? So this isn't Moses in Egypt, let my people go moment, right? He's, he's gotten through that crisis. He's led the people across the Red Sea in the wilderness. They've seen God provide in some miraculous ways. And as Moses is leading his people of the wilderness, father-in-law comes to visit. Not the overwhelming part. Okay? Father-in-law comes to visit. And he brings his family out to see him. His family has not been with him during so he brings the family out to see him, and they've just been kind of reunited. And when we start in 13, verse 13 of chapter 18, we're day, the day after his family all shows up. We're just going to read this together. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning to evening. When, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll read that verse again because I want to pause on it for a second. It says, The next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. Uh, the rest of the passage, just to pause. Because what's happening is in the midst of these amazing things God is doing as he, leads his, as he leads them toward the promised land, somehow in the midst of that, there are relational disputes. Now, I know this church has never experienced relational disputes, right? But it's common in our world, our churches, to experience relational disputes. I warn you that when I've been a part of ministries that have started to really build some momentum and thrive, I've seen two primary things step in, right? The first one is some sort of like sin issue, right? A pride issue, some aren't, aren't where, and sin that, that creeps in, and that's a problem. Kind of a more... It's not even necessarily that one person did something wrong or the other, but there's just a disagreement that people can't get through. It, causes, it can cause so much loss of momentum within a group. Guard against that, right? And, and having those issues is not necessarily the problem. In fact, having a good way to work through them that we'll see in a minute is... But just know that when there is momentum building in the kingdom... Conflict often follows. There's that challenge that comes to what God is doing in our midst. So, the state that the Israel are in here, 
says the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing? To do all this alone while every thing. Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people. But have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures. And all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. The men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they, keep, they took care of the smaller matters themselves. We have this moment in history of Israel where Moses is overwhelmed. And it's not that he's overwhelmed because too much is going on, though it's been going on. He's overwhelmed specifically because he's trying to hold on to too much himself. He's trying to do, it wasn't sustainable. See, sometimes doing too much is actually what keeps us from getting things done. You've been there? You're many things and you're not actually accomplishing anything. I've been there. All the half-started projects, all the things that, that overwhelm you and, and keeps you from functioning the way that you should. And Moses was one, in one of these spots where not only for him, but him doing too much was keeping things being done. I had to realize in one of these moments that if God can delegate me, I can delegate to others. If God can delegate to me, I can delegate to others. You see, I was looking around and I just wasn't asking for help enough. Maybe you've been there. And it, I don't think it was really a pride thing. I mean, certainly I knew what I wanted done and how to do it, so I didn't want to hand off too much and I had to learn there. Uh, but that's not the that I wrote this on the whiteboard in my office. For two things. Number one, I overestimate what I can do. 
when I look at something, I think I can fit more into my day than I can. I think I can get more done than I'm capable of doing. Overestimating my, my own abilities. That's, that's piece number one. But the second is that I was underestimating the desire of others to be involved or the benefit it was to others to be involved in what God was doing. And the benefit it was to, to me and the community to have them involved in what God was doing. See, I was saying, oh, I would ask them, but. It wasn't, but they're incapable. It was, but I know going on in their life or their life or they're busy in this way. And so I would hold things on myself because I didn't, I didn't want to overburden other people. Now, look, it's good for us to care for each other and, and not overburden each other, but it's not good for us to assume that we know what's best for each other and just hold everything ourselves. And that's where I kept finding myself. I needed what Moses needed, someone to, to help me pause and see what was going on, see that I was doing too much, and to see that there was another way, right? If I kept going I was talking to, to Ryan this morning. I said, man, the, in church world, Sunday comes every week. I've never met a week without a Sunday, right? And so you keep going Sunday to Sunday, Tuesday to Tuesday, Monday to Monday, however the right? And there's something to do on every spot of it. And if you never take time and pause and say, okay, is this really what I should be doing? Then you just kind of keep going until you can't anymore. And so uh, we need people in our lives who can come in. And I hope you have some friends and family members like that. Uh, I've got a group of youth and young adults from all over New England. We call our people. I don't even know why. Uh, but we serve this role. For I was on the phone with one of them yesterday, just saying things that they would have said to anyone else if they weren't the one who needed to hear them. Right? The things they would say to themselves if they could step back a little bit, because we need to hear that, right? We need people in our lives to, to kind of highlight things for us. So I hope you have those other voices in your life. I love that Moses had Jethro. Jethro comes in, and in verse 14, I hope you caught it, there are two questions that Jethro asks before he gives the plan. It's great. But the point for today isn't the plan. I don't want to the exact plan Moses had to follow in this case, right? I want you to think through the questions that Jethro raised. The first one is, what are you really... It says in verse 14, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you doing what you're doing? We have to be called back to this type of question so often because we get trapped in this cycle of doing things and sometimes even good things, but we just have to keep going and keep doing them. But I love this verse 14. What are you really accomplishing here? The question I are you carrying the right burden? He talks about the level of burden that Moses is carrying, and it's not that he said Moses didn't have a burden of leadership. Carrying the right burden. Are you carrying the burden that God has for you in this moment? Uh, for the young adults in this room, can I tell you the reason that I, I love working with young adults, with college students, with people just out of college? Because you're at a spot where that's the question that you're asking. Not the only one, 
But it's one of the primary questions you're asking. You're saying, look, I've got all this stuff. I've got these, these plans that I'm trying to walk through. I've got to figure out life. And it's necessary for you to pause and say, okay, so why am I doing the things that I'm doing? There comes a point where you have to look, is this really going where I should be going? Is this really going where God wants me to go? Like, I know I've had this plan and I've been working on this plan, but is it really what matters? Am I carrying the right burdens here? Uh, for those of us who are not so young adults, can I tell you we should be asking this question too? Uh, we tend to get in this spot. I remember my father's 40th birthday. I thought he had everything figured out. And then I got to my 40th birthday. And I said, oh yeah, he didn't know anything either. <laughs> right? Because we get to this spot where we kind of act like we got it figured out. And he wouldn't have said that to anyone. But we kind of operate in that mode. And yet, the moments that I remember most are the moments where my dad was willing to pause and say, hey, maybe we're not doing exactly what we should be doing. Maybe God has for us. We need those pauses. Uh, there's this Matthew chapter 11, verse, verse 28 through 30. It's really well known, but I think it helps to illustrate this point a little bit. If you'll flip there with me, or it'll be on the screen. And Jesus is the one talking. And and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take upon you teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear, and the is light now look that's a, a well-known passage maybe some of you have heard it hundreds of times because it's one that is often read in churches but I think sometimes when we've got something super well-known, we need something to help us kind of think through it a little differently and remember it. And so I'm going to call Ryan up. He has no idea why. I warned him that I might. <laughs> but I'm going to call Ryan up for a second. Everybody say, hi, Ryan. Ryan, you're going to walk right over here with me. And I've got this lovely prop here. And uh, it's, it's about two-thirds of the way full of water. And I just need you to hold it out like this. No cheating and bringing it in here. Just kind of hold it out. And uh, while I talk for a while, can you just walk up and down that way? It won't be distracting to us at all. Just until I say stop. Just go for it. No problem. All right. While he does that for a while, no cheating, Ryan. Just keep going. There's this thing in this passage where we have burdens to put down and burdens to pick back up right it says come to me all of you who are are weary right who carry heavy burdens who are heavy uh, not, not just once keep going you can go back and forth okay <laughs> who are weary and heavy laden and, and we can almost right because we all have burdens that we need to bring to Jesus in fact I would say all of your burdens should be brought to Jesus. Because we grab onto things, sometimes even good things, that just aren't what's for us. The passage doesn't stop there. We have a burden to put down, 
and a burden to pick up. Just one more time, and then you can come up to me. One more, one more time. That's good. Hold it out. Not, you know, not against the body. That's good. We, we can see he's got this burden, right? And the water is not the perfect example. Water is good, right? It's not that it's necessarily a bad thing. But if he was trying to walk around and carry this particular burden throughout the day, just so he had water if he needed it, probably would be a bit of an awkward day. It certainly would lead to some problems. You can bring it over here. In fact, actually, why don't you set it down right there? That's fine. Uh, and, and come on over. So, how do your arms feel? Good? Yeah, maybe a little tired. Um, so you're saying that if that all day, that would probably be wearisome, oh. right? Um, or what is your burden? You think you could hold that? Sure? Yeah. Okay. You can have it okay. for the rest of the day. Let him go ahead and take a seat. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. In this passage, we have a burden to put down. We need to lay everything at Jesus' feet, right? All the things we're holding, the heavy things, the things that are too much, the things that make sense and the things make sense, we need to realize that they are not ours to hold just because we think they are. We lay them down. And yet, that doesn't mean there's not a burden for us. It just means that the burden is light. Now, in this example, we use something that actually was light, right? We used a smaller bottle. Sometimes you actually pick up more, but you're able to carry it because you're relying on Jesus to carry it. See how that goes? You're, you're able to carry it because it's the burden that you were created to carry at the time you were created to carry it in the way that you were created to carry it. What's hindering? Burdens aren't the ones that you grabbed, that you chose, that you have control of, that you think you can handle. What you're surrendering is that I can do it all. What you're accepting is I can do whatever you call me to. And so some... It, it's that useful thing, just like that smaller water bottle is actually useful. It's, it's that the thing that you're doing actually brings life. It, it's what, who you're supposed to be. And so I want to give you another kind of exercise to remember this. Fairly simple. So you do just whenever. Uh, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to put your hands in front of you. And I want you to just clench your fists as tight as you can. And I want you to hold them as tight as you can for just a little while. Because I think we do this. I think we have these burdens and we just want to hold on to them. I don't know if it's that we feel they're our responsibility or we don't know who we would be without them or what it is, but we just don't want to let go. And so as we do this, some of you, maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus and you're trying to hold all of them, right? But others... Maybe you've realized you can't hold everything, that you're not the answer, and you've said, I, I surrender my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to trust him. We have this bad habit of, of then saying, but, but God, I, I've got to carry this. <laughs> but God, I'll, I'll pick this one up on my own. God, I can do this one for you. You couldn't handle this without me. And we've got things that we don't necessarily want to let go of. Sometimes it's something you're not going to trust him with a family member, a job, something that's going on. Sometimes it's something that, that's sinful that you just can't quite let go of. Sometimes it's a good thing, but 
I don't know, maybe you almost want credit for it and you're holding on to it, or, or you just get, get identity from it that you're holding on to. Can you do me a favor? Can you unclench those hands and turn them kind of palm up? Not only is there relief when you switch to this posture, but you're actually ready for God to give you back something useful. And so I want you to ask him in this moment as your hands are, are released of the grip, but they're held open-handed to him, God, what are the burdens I need to put down? And then as I have my hands open, what are the things that you want me to hold? What are the things you want to give to me that are, are the roles you have for me? What is that light burden? You can go ahead and open your eyes. I love this because I can do it anytime, right? I can be in the middle of my day and I can be like, God, what am I holding on to and what do you want me to hold? What am I holding on to and what do you want me to hold? What do I need to release? What do you want me to hold? And so we have this, it's just a, a simple thing that I can do. But can I tell you, if I do it a hundred times a day and it's just for that moment, it doesn't get me where it needs to be, right? Like it needs to actually walk out of my life. And one of the things that I need to do for that often is just to write it down. So I'm going to give you just a second to either write it on your notes. Uh, you, can write, you can send a text to yourself so you see it later. If there was something that God was like, hey, release this or hold on to this, text it to yourself for later. Or maybe if you want other people to see it, you can put it down and how you can be prayed for or way you've seen God at work and, and turn this in so that it's not just a you thing. Because it's important that we pause and remember that not everything's ours to hold. It does have a role for us. As I look at this idea, there's a second question, though, that we need to hit back again once real quickly here in Exodus 18. Second question in verse 14. Because that's individually focused. What am I holding? What am I letting go of? The second one makes us consider others. It says, trying to do all Everyone stands around you from morning till evening. Why are you trying to do this all while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? This one, or the background truth for this one, is that you are not the only one God can use. You are not the only one God can use. And you're not the only one God wants to use, right? God doesn't have to choose to use you, but he has this desire to work in and through you, right? And so not only are you not the only one God can use, you're not the only one he wants to use. In Romans 12, 4, we see this picture of, of the church that we see often uh, throughout Scripture. It's this, this picture of the body. And it's often used to show how we're necessary, how we all have these. And in Romans 12, verse 4, it starts this way. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a Christ body. We are many parts of one body, and we all in his in certain things well. Holding burdens that aren't ours doesn't just impact us. It also impacts others in our community. When this happens, you rob others of their role, right? If you're playing a role that's not yours to hold, you rob others of their role. 
and you rob the community of their contribution. Right? I, some of you, I'm sure, are excellent leaders and, and excellent parts of this church, but you are not the only leader or part of this church that is needed, right? God brought this group together because he wants to use each of you as part of his body. And so as we look at that, you need to remember as you follow Jesus that it's just about how you follow him, it's about how you follow him together. Look around and, and ask questions like, God, people around me that you want to use? And then look at that you can say in God what role do you have for me put yourself in that context of community that is is purposeful together in my particular role I can highlight the need for this to happen intergenerationally right because for those of us who have stepped into a, an older generation sometimes we have roles that are hard to know how to share and how to let go of how to use well and sometimes we think even that okay I need to hand off leadership to the next generation and while that is a thing right there's also a piece where where delegating authority does not mean abdicating leadership right in fact one of the best ways that that we can lead those around us is to is to show them that they're both trusted and supported this generation needs to know that the church trusts them here are the keys you can do this God is at work through you but also supports hey here's a question I should ask hey did you think of this how is this happening we were leading a, a group at Walnut Hill years ago it was just a VBS and but at this VBS 80% 5% teens that were volunteering and that was being celebrated as a win and I was like wait a second that's that's good but it's a little out of hand we need, some, we need adults there who have disappeared because they didn't know what their role was. It's not that they didn't have a role, it's that their leadership role shifted as teens joined them in leadership, right? We need to be aware that our role shifts as others join us in leadership, not because our role becomes unimportant, it just becomes different. In fact, I think it, in many ways, more important because it's less about doing things in our own power. So I would urge the church to find ways to trust and support each other as God is at work in and through you as a community, not just in and through you as a person. See, this forces us to take our focus off of ourselves, to look around and see others. This, this body image, I confess, I often read the, through these things, and if I don't pause and stop, I read and think, huh, wonder which part I am. That's all right. That's not incorrect it's just incomplete because wondering which part I am doesn't look and say and and how does it fit with everything else and how's God using this person how's God using that person how are we as this body so I want us to take as we wrap up to just do that right now I want you to look around the room okay it's gonna be awkward just you like make eye contact and everything okay just look around the room at the people that God has brought together in this church on this day. And not just about, oh, look at all the things I could do in this room. I want you to look around the room and say, ah, oh, how's God at work in these people? What's God doing in the different people that he's brought together in this room?
Here's the question I have for you to, to, to pray and ask him. How should I encourage someone else in the room? And God, whose role do I need to be more thankful for? See where we are? I'm not giving you how you do it. But I want you to pause and ask yourself, in the room, and whose role do I need to be more thankful for? So God, I pray that you would help us to see that. That you would help us to see each other and see the way that you're at work in other believers. That you would help us to value each other. I pray that this would be a church that values what you're doing in and through each of them. Uh, but God, I also pray that it would be a church that's willing to boldly follow you wherever you lead. Uh, God, would you, would you help them to release the burdens they're holding on to so that they are ready for the burdens you have for them? Pass them for the role to play together in this community. And God, in the midst of all of it, would you give them rest in you? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.